1: Our
2: house. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're keeping nice and warm, although today seems a little bit nicer. I'm Dottie Herman, and this is Iron on Real Estate, the only talk show on real estate and all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which in this world, in this day and age, other than politics, just about is everything that has to do with everything. Jerry Feeney, obviously, everyone knows my co host um, he might be watching the game with half an eye and doing his law work on the other end, okay? Um, but Jerry is one of the best-known real estate attorneys in New York, and he's, answer, he's here always to answer any legal questions you might have uh, in the field of real estate, anything that has to do with real estate. So, again, good morning, Jerry. Good morning. I missed you last week. I thought I'd get to see you, but I know you had to go. So maybe this week I spoke to our friend, and maybe we could all get together.
1: Yeah,
2: that'll be fun. Our mortgage and finance expert Ace Watersupart, is here today, and Ace is vice president of Citizens Bank, and probably knows more about mortgages in the real estate market than anybody in the business. And I will say, if you're <laughs> buying or refinancing, it is a wonderful time now. Yes, uh, really, the time is right. If you can, I don't say buy a house just because of interest rates, but you know, those of you who didn't refinance and and, and Ace. What do you like to refinance? The rates now are what for refinance?
3: They're they're at an all time low, Dottie. You know, um, it's it's sort of like that perfect storm that that I've been saying for the past couple of weeks. Uh, on a thirty year fixed rate, you can get a a rate of four point two five still.
2: Okay, so let me ask. So tell all our listeners yeah. how much would they have? How much would? It makes sense for them to, you know, in other words, if they have a six point, what would the interest rate have to be for it to make sense for them to refinance?
3: You know, the the rule of thumb is at least 1% so that um, the closing costs that you're paying, you're going to actually make back with the difference in percentage rate. But, you know, anywhere from 0.75 to a whole percent. So if you're looking at a 5% rate today, you would be a candidate uh, for a refinance. so.
2: So I know it's a lot of work to go through your papers and see what your interest rate is.
3: Well, we'll make it seamless. You know, give us a call.
2: But if you're not sure and you're just not sure and you took a, a mortgage out, if you call Citizens Bank, even if you took it out for somebody else, yeah. we'll look it up. We'll find it out because it's just five minutes of your time and it could save you so much money over the lifetime of your mortgage. Exactly. So don't neglect to do the things for you. I mean, I'm a big culprit and I tell you, I do everything for everybody else and sometimes yeah. I neglect the most important things for me and that's why my house still yeah. isn't done and I, after three it, years. It's a great way
3: to consolidate <laughs> like all of your debt too, like credit card bills and things of that nature where you're paying high interest rates. It's a yeah, good way. Yeah, so if
2: you have high interest rate credit card debt and you uh, combine you – know, you can talk to Ace yeah. or somebody at Citizens and they can kind of give you an idea of what you can combine and you combine that all into one.
3: All into one. And
2: then a lower interest rate. So – It's not only if you're buying a house or refinancing. If you have debt, you might be able to bring that interest a lot down. You know, I know people, Ace, that have debt. And I'm telling them, you can never pay that off. You'll be paying that for the rest of your life. Oh, um, And this is a good time to really look at your debt and see if you can pay it off. um, And see that you can get the interest rate. Because most people are paying mostly interest on their debt. yes. You want to know something I read, Ace? I mean, this is in the Wall Street Journal actually today, and it's just, Jerry, you're not going to believe this. It says, student debt at age 65 is the title. It's the Wall Street Journal. It says, older Americans are being crushed by a mountain of student loans of their children's and their own.
1: Why are they paying their children's?
2: Because it says, um, I'm just reading right from the Wall Street Journal because it caught my eye. It says... Um, $86 billion in student loan debt owed by Americans age 60 and over. Wow. Okay. 161% rise in total student loan debt for those aged 60 and over from 2010 to 2017. And it just says that American um, generation of Americans owe $86 billion in student loan debt at the last count. And they are over 60 years or older. Some of them are 80. Um, Many of these seniors took out loans to help pay for their children's college Mm -hmm. tuition or are still paying them and are still paying them off. Others took out student loans for themselves in the wake of the last recession as they went back to school to boost their own employment prospects. Mm -hmm. So some of them went back to school when we had the job shortage to either retrain or learn some other skill. And they owe, so I, you know, that's hard to believe. Now, you don't want to be one of those people that are owing student loans at age 60. Although, you know, I was talking to one of my assistants, and he was telling me that he took a student loan out, I don't remember how many years ago. He's only 25, so it couldn't have been that much that long ago. He said it, he took it out for like, I think, $25,000 or something like that. And he's ca- calling ACE to help him because. Yeah. His debt now, and he's paid the payments. It's not that he hasn't paid the payments. But his debt now is $27,000 after paying the payments over five years. Mm-hmm. He said the interest rate was like 11% or yeah. something.
3: We're, we're actually helping him refinance his student loan um, here. At so Stations.
2: that's another thing. If you're a grandparent, a parent, or you're a student, and you took out a student loan, look at the interest rate. That's really it might have been at a time when the interest rate was a lot higher, and, you, and you're paying a lot of... You're paying a high interest rate, and maybe there's something that Citizens Bank can do. Yes. I know they're helping my assistant out. Um, that almost seems criminal.
3: But, you know, but, I, I agree with Jerry Dottie. Why are parents paying for the student loans? I know I know, it's a nice gesture and all, but no, yeah, you know, at 60, not, 80 years old, they, they should really be- Don't well,
1: borrow I, money for your kids to go to school, college. They can get their <laughs> own loans. They, no, I'm serious. They really yeah. can. You can't go into debt for your, for your kid's education- Particularly if, you know, I see some people doing it and their kids are pulling C's and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But wait a second. It
2: doesn't tell you. It says that these people are Mm. over 60 or they're 65 and over, but it doesn't tell you how long they've been paying it. So maybe they're, I mean, because to me, if you're 65, that means you had kids kind of older in life. I'm sure a lot of them just are paying it over tons of years because, I mean, if you were 65, your child, that means you're... That you can qualify you for, their,
1: for their own loans, for, for student loans. Really, people should not be going into debt for their kids' uh, college, in my opinion. Because
2: well, let me is, ask is you because I don't know. For the rest I, of their life? I don't know. I mean, I did pay for my daughter's schooling, but let me ask you something. Although maybe her grandparents... But
1: you didn't go into debt for it. I don't no, think, no, I think her know, grandparents you,
2: yeah. left that yeah. to her. But let me, let me ask you something. If your child needs a student loan... A parent – why would a parent do it if the child could get the loan? Right. Yeah. Well, because, And they can get is the loan. Is it a better interest the, rate Ace? No, or is, no.
3: I don't no, think so. I don't think so. I think, I think maybe, they, maybe they took out a loan to help pay for their college tuition. Yeah, extra tuition. expenses, yeah, extra like expenses maybe.
1: But, but, you know, I, I went all through college and law school all on loans, you know, and paid them all back, but all on loans. And you can get them. You know, there's no question the kids can get them. They're more than happy to give them out because – The interest rates are so good, you know?
2: Well, Jerry, that was your generation, which I know is young, but uh, not the generation today. So I think a lot of parents really want to do what they can. I think most parents, I should say, most parents want to try to make it easier for their kids than we had it. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I worked since I'm 13 years old. But you know what? It didn't hurt me. It gave me a good work ethic. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that when you do... I think that you should help your kids, but I think that you should also give them some responsibilities, too, because otherwise, um, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you create kids that are not responsible. But I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to understand if a child can get a student loan, then why would, would the parents take out student loans? And maybe they needed extra money or maybe yeah. could two people take it out? No. I think,
3: I think you can co-sign. I don't think it would. I mean, if that. I don't think federally guaranteed. Yeah.
1: There's no need to close them. Exactly. Mm. I don't well, know.
3: well I don't if it,
2: okay, so money. let me put it this way: if student, if people over 60 and 65 are carrying that much in student loans that they still owe, imagine what students must be carrying that are 40. Oh, right. Yeah. I know. So I think that's kind of a, a little crisis that I know we're into the political of, you know, back and forth and nothing's getting done. But that's one of the things they should tackle, because I do think it's important for every child to get an education, regardless of whether their parents can afford it or not. I, I think we owe that um, to all of our kids, that they all are able, if they want to, get an education. And that does not mean that I don't think we should help them with um, vocational schools or being electricians Mm -hmm. and things of that nature because that's just important in many ways. They make more money. Uh, So I think that's one of the things they should look at because one of the reasons the millennials are having a hard time um, buying, at least from what I read and what ACE tells me, is they're carrying a lot of student debt. Now, when you have student loans, what's the interest? Is it usually uh, a discounted interest rate or no?
3: Um, it's not great. It, it's not great, it, it, and it ranges, too. You know, I've seen any, anywhere from 9% to 12%. So.
2: Okay, so why would that be? Why would we not? I mean, this is not anyone's <coughs> fault, but I'm just thinking this is an issue that we should bring up.
1: It's, it's a topic that
3: we why discuss.
2: Why should we not?
1: Well, I'm sure it's, in Washington they'll yeah. do something about it. I mean, they're so effective in getting
2: around. <laughs> <down there. laughs> no, I mean, well, I was think really, if they uh, stop fighting and they concentrate on some uh, major issues, I really think that educating our kids is very important.
1: Yes, it is. And yes, I think is.
2: that uh, we're not giving them, I mean, I think it's good that we can give them loans, but it seems like we're giving them interest loans at higher rates than the interest rates are.
1: Yeah. I and you know, I think that the we have to take a hard look at you know what types of loans we're giving to people that are going to for-profit institutions that are really not producing degrees that are useful in the market and i think it's uh, you know some sometimes people get kind of suckered into them and then they're loaded down with debt and they're applying if for you're, jobs as if receptionist you're
2: studying like one of those kids told me italian literature
1: yeah italian literature online you know uh, uh, come on
2: oh wait well, well, I don't know about, you know, look, they advertise in online schools. I really don't know how effective they are or not. So I have nothing to say because I have not done my homework. But all I'm saying is any education can't hurt. And I do remember back when I was a kid and it was called a professional student. Because yes. there was a war going on in Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken, kind of. Um, and so I remember I was probably in like the 10th grade and there was a lottery and I would remember that, you know, that night guys were celebrating. Either they got a high number and they weren't going, or they got a low number and they were going, so they were all. But I do remember, okay, that they were, like, so they became students forever.
1: <laughs> right, professional students. Or people just don't want to get a job. And
2: all right. get them, or or some people just don't want to get a job. But I don't I don't know if I would want to say, gee, the job that you're going for is not useful no, not
1: that necessarily. But I, I think that the, the reality is that a lot of these degrees from some schools that are for-profit institutions, um, are not really valuable in the marketplace. You know, well, when I think employers are crediting them.
2: I think it's wonderful folks, to get an education, but I think that parents and children and their kids together should kind of look at what what's in demand going forward. What does the world need? And um, I, so I don't say you should do something you don't like, but you might want to look at the skills you need today because right. a lot of the baby boomers really can't fulfill those jobs no matter how hard they try. They're just not born with it. So, of course, you always need teachers. You always need dentists. You always need doctors. You always need things like that. But you know what? Um, there's a lot of jobs, and even jobs that are not required in college, like there's electricians and plumbers, Okay, and things of that nature, which really make a good living, and I don't think we have enough of them either. So I think maybe it's a a nice parent-child discussion um, before they go to school, because I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sure when you're 17 or 18, unless you kind of know really what you want. I remember my daughter used to toss in bed and mom, what am I going to do? I don't know what I want to do. And I, I and I think a lot of kids go to college not sure what they want to do because you're young so I Mm -hmm. you know I'm not sure what I recommend but I think a a good business education is important Um, the academics are like great uh, but they limit you to to particular fields so it's a good discussion to have I think we're going to have a break but I want to thank Citizens Bank for their support of this show and they make it very easy on the customers. And look for any of this information, you can call Citizens Bank, and for a limited time, you get a twenty-five percent discount, point two five discount on your interest rate, plus an additional point two five discount off your rate. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to repeat that when you're when I when we come back again, okay? And by the way, forgive me if I'm not a hundred percent today, but I do have a flu, so I'm trying.
0: it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 here's douglas elements ceo Dottie herman
2: okay we're back with i on real estate and we are done with our technical difficulties Uh, we were saying before the break uh, um, that citizens bank is giving a great discount for us, and we want to thank them for sponsoring our show. But they're also giving a, uh, a limited time offer discount of what is it?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a purchase incentive. Um, it's really for the spring market, and uh, right now you can take advantage of it. It's a quarter point um, on the rate on a purchase, and then an additional quarter percent off if you have a Citizens Bank checking account direct deposit. So that's a half a point off of the current interest rate today.
2: Now, so if the current interest rate is 4-something?
3: Let's say it's 4%, you'll get a rate of 3.5.
2: Now, that's really a big deal. I wouldn't forget that. There's no application fees, there's no closing costs, and the offer is only for borrowers that do not currently have a Citizens Bank HELOC and apply online. So you have to apply online? You have to apply online, So go to citizensbank.com. Okay, citizensbank.com. And if you have any problems, we won't tell. You can call us and we'll make sure you know how to get online, okay? (laughs) Okay, because you don't want to not take advantage of that. That's really a big savings. Later on the show, one of our favorite guests is back with us, the entertaining Dan Sater, who Jerry, I would give Jerry the credit for naming his uh, Internet site. Um okay. It was Changing something his email
1: that's... from the most impossible to write down email ever to an easy one. Yes. Jerry Jerry gave him a makeover um, so, just, just on his email
2: and who would think that anyone could make the topic of credit interesting? Well, Dan does, and he's nationally recognized a credit expert and a credit coach for the credit repair industry. Um, he knows a lot, he also you know originated loans for a lot of years, so he's first in that. And did you know that debt, collector, debt collectors are using artificial intelligence? You know, I've been talking about AI a little bit yeah. on the show, telling you it's really in play. I mean, we're using it all over. People just don't realize it. And they're using artificial intelligence to determine who to go after to maximize collections. Yeah. I guess um, they mm. want to figure out the best candidates to get the money from. More about that later at 11 o'clock, he'll be on. And again, our number is 866-970-9622. Um, please, you can email us if you want to, radio show at Elements.com, Or you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, or DottieHerman.com. Uh, or just call in at 866-970-9622. I always tell you what happens on this date. So on this day in February second ninth oh eighteen fifty two, okay, this is kind of interesting. The first public flushing toilet was opened in London, ninety five Fleet Street. Okay, so before then I guess toilets mm-hmm. didn't flush. Mm-hmm. You had a mm-hmm. kind of outhouses. Outhouses. Ugh. Boy, have we come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On this day in 1974, um, and I remember this movie because I loved it, um, Barbara Streisand had her first number one hit with The Way We Were. That was Robert Redford. Yeah. And by the way, I just rented Lady Gaga. Star is Born. uh, I thought it was wonderful.
1: I didn't love it as much as everybody else did. I, I know, loved it. Did it, yeah. you
2: watch Bohemian Rhapsody yet?
1: Yeah, didn't love that one as much either. <clears throat> I yes. didn't think they did a great job with, uh, with one of my favorite bands of all time.
2: It is one of my favorite bands, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. just... Uh,
1: I, I mean, it was really Freddie Berker. I mean, I, you know, the other, the other band members were talented, but he, he was the band. Um, I don't know. I just didn't think it really caught up. But everybody else loved it, so don't not see it because of what I say.
2: We'll see it no matter what. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you can see it because you can rent it now, and uh, it really—I mean, you might not love it as much as as I did. Actually, I—I love the Lady Gaga one better.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Even do. though
2: I—I I love Queen, and I just—but I just thought they did a better. I thought she was a great actress, which I didn't think she would be. I thought Lady Gaga. She, I thought they—and he's so cute. So, anyhow, that's just my. Uh, And Barbara Streisand, The Way We Were, was just one of my favorites also. On this day in 1932, Al Capone was sent to prison on tax evasion. Mm Whoop-de-doo. We all know that. And if you were born on this day, you're an Aquarian. And when Aquarians meet another, they never feel the necessity of hiding anything from each other. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they say. However, they will be going against the grain of each other's nature and will not be able to continue the relationship for too long. So I think Aquarians and Aquarians don't make good matches. And by the way, I think the groundhog. Yes,
1: Paxitani film.
2: He saw his, I mean, we're going to have spring, it says.
1: Well, he saw his shadow.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: that means it's going to be a longer winter, I thought. I no, can no, never whatever this. it
2: was, I listened to it this morning. <laughs> Yeah. And he and they said, it, it very rarely happens. We're going to have spring early. So, uh, oh, well, you now. wouldn't know it by the weather we have, but maybe we're just going to have a blitz of this freezing, and then it'll be over.
1: Well, there's also one in Staten Island. I don't think they do that one anymore. Didn't, uh, oh. didn't Mayor Bloomberg accidentally kill that groundhog? He oh, yes. dropped him or something?
2: Oh, Which you was have a good memory. one of my
1: favorite mayoral moments of all time. <laughs> the mayor goes to Staten Island, where he doesn't want to go to do this groundhog thing anyway. And the poor groundhog jumps out of his arms and to his death. So I don't think they do that anymore. It's a good idea not to.
2: Well, leave it Okay, But they did do it at one time.
1: Yeah. Well, Puxatani Phil is the real one, though. That's the But that's what I
2: thought I heard this morning. I thought it was Phil. Mm. But we could be due. I wonder where that
1: came from, that tradition.
2: It's fun, even though I don't really believe it, but it's Mm. fun. It's a fun thing. Anyhow, real estate continues, by the way, to be the top wealth-generating vehicle, and that's from American genius. Um, And from an investment perspective, real estate continues to be the top source of wealth in this nation, even after the economy suffered in the past years. Uh, So that goes back to what we, Jerry and I have been telling you for years and years and years over the long haul. And, of course, buying right, Um, real estate, you don't get rich overnight. But it's a solid investment, according to Morgan Stanley Wealth Management Investor Pulse poll. Seventy-seven percent, seventy-seven percent of millionaire investors owned real estate, and thirty-five percent owned rel- related investments to real estate. Um, why is real estate different from other real estate? Why is different? Is it different from other investments? And I've talked about this on the show, and so has Jerry. Real estate, on the other hand, has the capability of pulling in money every month if you have investment real estate. Unlike other investments where you really take a gamble on appreciation, with real estate you can crunch the numbers to make sure your property will generate income, and that's what we're talking about, investment real estate. Um, And most real estate appreciates over time. I mean, but again, it's when you sell it, like if we're in the middle of recession and you have to sell it, then that might not happen,
1: yeah, you got to be able to weather the storm and
2: you know what I tell you the biggest difference is when was it in December? It was around the holidays at the stock market all overnight, mm-hmm. like God knows when to heck and yeah. Real estate doesn't drop like that unless there's a national yeah. disaster. Yeah. Real estate doesn't one day do great right. and the next day it drops to heck and you lost everything. Right? Okay, It doesn't happen that way.
1: You uh, know, the other thing too is with a, uh, <clears throat> with a mortgage when you're paying it off, you can think of it as a forced savings every month. You're repaying principal every month to the bank, you're buying back equity and if that's a couple thousand dollars, you're forcing yourself to save uh, by paying back that mortgage. So when you sell it, that money's going to come back to you,
2: and don't forget, real estate. I mean, for most part, people take mortgages out, and you are buying and you're going to get the same appreciation whether you put ten percent down, or five percent down, or twenty percent down, or pay it all cash. So, in many cases, you're leveraging on somebody else's money.
1: Mm-hmm. Other people's money, as they say.
2: I thought this was an interesting um, survey and I, I just kind of like to give you some fun stuff too. But this is really not fun. This is by HousingWire.com, and, and it says um, most say they plan to borrow from their equity to make it happen and that half of the baby boomers homeowners plan to age in place. So um, a lot of baby boomers are going to stay where they are. I mean, they might have a second home if they can afford to. But it said more than half of the baby boomers plan to age in place, electing to renovate in order to meet their changing needs. And that was um, a survey released by Chase and Pulsomics. And I don't know how reliable, you know, surveys are surveys. The Housing Confidence Index surveyed 3,000 heads of households, 753 which were baby mothers, and they said they will never move from their current home. And 88% said they plan to make improvements to their home with bathroom renovations topping the project list. Um, I they're gonna take me out of
1: here in a box as they say <laughs> you know I'm not leaving
2: yeah nearly two-thirds of the respondents said they think their home values are rising in the area which provides incentive for homeownerships to tap their equity in order to age in place and that's when you can do a reverse equity and things mm-hmm. of that nature uh, but homeownership is in no matter what age you are whether you're a baby boomer or you're a Millennial, um I the veterans, I think they're probably, you know, in their final place of where they're gonna be. But even okay, but it's just the American dream, it always has been and it still is. We're gonna be right back. I'm gonna tell you some of the features that buyers don't want.
0: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman. Okay, that's 866
2: 970 9622. And before I do some of your questions, I just wanted to talk a little about when you're um, looking for a home, it becomes very confusing sometimes. What do I want? What do I need? And you can jump from town to town and. That's not a good idea because the values are all different. So I just wanted to give you a little thing of what I think is a good thing to do when you're searching for a home, whether it's your first home, your second, you're moving up. And that's what we call desire versus needs. Um, so because you're, you're never going to get everything, all right? So maybe you you give up a, a, a home with a pool, but you got a porch instead. So you you might... Not have gotten the yard size you want, but at least you can grill. So, a lot of buyers felt prepared when they bought their first home. They were not, they felt they weren't prepared. But the fact that, well, they sat down and you make a list, okay, and they made a list of first of all, what do you need? That should be on your first list. What do you need? What do you absolutely need? Do you need to have Transportation that's close to your job? Do you need to have a town that maybe you could walk to? Maybe not. Do you need to have a certain type of school district? Maybe you have a special needs child. Maybe you have a gifted child. Or maybe, or just is the school district important to you because you have children? I mean, okay, what you should down is put down do you need a certain amount of bedrooms? You might need three, but want four. So you want to put down. What you need, okay, and then, in the second box, what you desire, okay, and they're very different and you when you when you're looking for something, all I can say is make sure that you satisfy your needs first and then your desires, and if you can get some both that's but you don't want to sacrifice a need that you have to have for desire, and sometimes that can happen um. So that's kind of what we, we, we try to look for because everyone gives up something. I mean, there's usually no perfect perfect situation. Uh, and I, so I, I think the first thing you start off, especially if you're a couple because then you're going to have different interests, what do you absolutely need? Like, Ace, if you were buying – oh, well, you have a lot of homes. <laughs> what would be some of the important things that you would need?
3: That I would need? Um, not really demanding, but – you know I do like new right, so if I buy something, I don't want to have like a fixer upper I just want everything to be brand new so that's... okay,
2: so one of your needs would be to buy something that was pretty updated and yeah. pretty close updated to the what...
3: kitchen bathroom
2: okay now that not that might not be your need your need might be hey, I want to be in a certain school district yeah. or I want to be close to shopping because i don't i don't yeah. we don't have two cars. Or I don't want to drive three hours or two and a half hours in traffic to work. So put down your needs and then your desires. And when you're looking for a house, I think sometimes that can help sort it out. Jerry, what do you think?
1: I was just thinking about, I think, you know, number of bathrooms is important. You know, it's hard to add a new bathroom if there's not existing plumbing. So, you know, I like my own. Ba- I like everybody having separate bathrooms. <laughs> a is that it?
2: But, yeah, but again, like you could like that.
1: I wouldn't buy a house with just one bathroom in it. I just wouldn't buy it. That is you know. true. I well, grew up at a house with one shower. We all torture, did. I torture, think torture. most of us torture. did because
2: I think in those days yeah. it was different. Yeah. I think they built There's houses a four with one bathroom. House
1: four bedroom house with one shower in the entire house
2: and everyone had to take turns oh, God. yeah awful. i know my father then built another <laughs> bathroom somewhere in the basement or something but but i i i but but today's a different time but i still say again you know you might want the fourth bedroom but it's not a, it's a want it might not be a need you hmm. might want three bathrooms maybe but you only need two so kind of look at those things, and I think that can help you, because sometimes what happens is the more you see, the more confused you get, and you say, well, I like the kitchen, but I like it in the, ho- the, the house in this neighborhood, not that neighborhood. Oh, I like the fact that it has a big rec room, but I really like the the the... the, the, the the space and the yard and, and, and the land on this other house. And you're all over the map. And then you get confused and you can't make any decision. So that's a good way to kind of narrow it down. And just, um, just so you know, just for the heck of it, it's kind of a fun thing. Well, 70% of the people said they don't want elevators. Well, I have news for you. This survey is really great. It was from the Daily News. But truthfully, most houses don't have them. Okay, yeah. so
1: it's not a very common feature yeah. in a house.
2: Uh, I don't know where they came up with this list. Pet washing station. Well, uh, I, I I would think that that's not usually a need. That might no. be a want. Yeah. Um, now, if it's a need, I'm not telling you shouldn't be. But for most part, that's usually a want. Most of these are wants. A wine cellar. I just saw an apartment the other day on the west side. That was fairly reasonably repriced, and it had, like, a little wine cellar that if you want to rent, you can put your wine there. I think that's probably a want. I, I don't know if that would be a need. Uh, daycare center in the community, that might be a need. If you have young children, you want to see where the daycare center is if you're working because you, you don't want to have to drive. To get, you know, if it's too far, it's really cumbersome. Um, whether you want a, a single-family home or a multifamily home, or maybe you're flexible, but that could be a want or a need. Like when they say dual toilets, they say only forty-four percent want them. Well, because I don't think somebody wouldn't buy buy a property because they didn't have that.
1: No, I think yeah. they're talking about dual commodes. Have you seen this in certain bathrooms?
2: You mean with his think it's and her?
1: bizarre. Hers. Yeah, his and her commodes in a master bathroom suite. I think well, that's a bit much.
2: Well, they also have his and her be- master bedrooms. Because yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess if you can have if you have that kind of money and you can afford to have a bedroom together and each of you have your own separate bedroom, I mean, why right. not?
1: But, you am know, a big advocate of uh, <laughs> having separate houses also. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> why not?
1: Visit each other on the weekends. but uh, you, People were why not going nice to live together.
2: And by the way, um, uh, billionaire Ken Griffin. Bought New York's Penthouse for two hundred and thirty-eight million dollars, and it's the most expensive U.S. home ever sold. And, and it's it happens- not even
1: finished, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it- it,
2: <laughs> it, it, he closed the deal to buy the most expensive home ever sold in the United States, paying around two hundred and thirty-eight million for a New York penthouse overlooking Central Park. And by the way, if you live anywhere close, that certainly raises your values. Yes. Okay. But he's still got to build
1: it out, right? He's still got to, yeah. it's yeah. just a raw box. <laughs> so he's got to do that.
2: <laughs> the deal is I a hope lot. he has
1: money left over.
2: <laughs> okay, and, and, and he has spent more than $200 million to buy land, and he's been in Palm Beach, Florida, for a home he plans to build there. I guess he didn't build it yet. And this week, news broke that he purchased $122 million prop- dollar property in London, which is the most expensive sale in London in a decade. So I guess he's got money to burn. I mean, if you have it, why not? But I'm just saying, real estate, real estate, real estate. I mean, and as I said, it's not like the stock market. It doesn't just fall overnight, okay, uh, as long as you can hold it. They had something from the Wall Street Journal. I thought it was kind of fun. And since I have the flu, I'm in a fun mood today because I don't want to be too serious with myself because I'm sick. Uh, but in this annual contest, readers picked their favorite homes from the winner of years of last year's polls, and New York and California, by the way, contributed nineteen, and there were fifty-two win- winners, and New York and California contributed nineteen of the fifty-two winners. Um, but readers preferred homes just outside major. Metropolitan markets. The first, second, and third runner ups were located on the outskirts of two cities. Um, one was uh, on the outside of Canada, um, and uh, the median price was uh, what was it? The median price was seven. Well, the fifty homes was the median price of the 52 homes was seven million dollars, and uh, they. I mean, when I tell you what they have, they all have, you know, vineyards and mountain views and some had ocean views and some had water views and some had tennis courts. So you you really can't go. You have to look at your own needs and what's important to you. And then I know um, for the millennials, it's not kind of in your DNA to think that maybe you could do it in a year or two. But if the house or the property or the apartment has what you need and there's some wants and desires that you want and it doesn't have, look for something that possibly you can do it down the road in. You don't have to get everything, you know, if, if it has room for a tennis court and you can do it, you might not have it there, but as long as it, it, you can put one in, you might be able to say, okay, we'll do that in five years. If it has a nice size kitchen, but it's not modern, Uh, maybe you can say, well, you know, it has everything else we need and the kitchen's the right size that we need. It just needs to be modernized. And so those are some of the things that you should kind of look at because there is no perfect, perfect, perfect place. Um, Good time to buy in the Hamptons. Just a tip. If you're looking for a second home in the Hamptons, there's a lot, there's a lot of inventory on the market there now. And I think you can make some good deals. So if you're looking for a second home, I know it's freezing, but it's a good time to really go out there when the ice thaws because there's a lot of inventory. And before the people, when it gets closer to the summer, the people say, well, you know what? If I don't sell it, I'll rent it. Right now, there's a, a, a fair amount of inventory. And so if you're thinking of doing a second home or even a rental on a second home, I think I would start to look now. It's, it, I think it's a pretty good time um, to look for a second homes. I had um, some questions that I wanted to go through, and I have to really, okay. And it was a Dear Dottie question, and it says, um, My co-op board has turned down two prospective buyers for my apartment. I'm retired, and I want to move, and I believe that the co-op board thinks I'm selling too low, and it will affect the prices in the rest of the building. What do I do? Elizabeth from the Upper East Side. Jerry?
1: This is such a a common complaint. So when we hear that a co-op board has rejected two of the buyers for the same apartment, a couple of things are possible. Number one, sometimes there's a dispute going on where they're punishing that person. We've all had clients like that. I've had that. that I've the,
2: seen that happen.
1: Yeah, the co-op board does not like the seller, and <clears throat> you'd think they'd want to get rid of them, but they punish them for a while first by doing this, which is terrible. The more common issue is, is exactly what the, the writer is speculating: is that they don't like the price, and this is a constant criticism that I've been having. Uh, you know co-ops think that they can change the economy (laughs) and they can't you know the market dictates prices and and if you study economics you learn that the more illiquid you make your particular um, commodity the lower the price is going to go anyway so they're actually doing the inverse by making this more illiquid harder to sell they're actually driving down prices because people find them less desirable because of the inability to liquidate them when they go to sell, so a market dictates price. You know, okay, with, but uh, it,
2: Jerry, I mean, I'm I'm gonna. I don't know if I have an answer either. But Elizabeth asks, what should she do?
1: I would I would have I would try to have a conversation with the board. They don't like to talk about these things. But if you're a shareholder, say to them, look, I'm not asking you to reconsider. I just need some guidance. Tell me what you don't like about these candidates, so I can find somebody that pleases you. Is it the price? Is it their financials? What about them? But is it working?
2: Do you do you have a right, Jerry, as an owner in a co-op, when your buyers turn down to find out? Is it financial?
1: You don't have an, You don't have an unfettered right to it. But you can always ask.
2: Okay, and you know, that is why I stress going to a company like Douglas Elliman mm-hmm. and working with a broker, especially with co-ops, <coughs> that especially knows. With co-op, especially okay. with co-ops, and yeah. I stress this that knows the co-ops in the area that you're they looking know the for, nuances. knows the board, knows the nuances, because they will know pretty much if you're going to get in or not, and if or be able to guide you on what you'd have to do to get in, and believe it. I know this sounds absurd to anybody who's never lived in a co-op, which is most people, uh, outside the city. If you'd add an eye
1: yeah, sometimes it could hurt your chances
2: of getting yeah. in. So you need to work with a broker and that's a really important question to ask the broker when you're looking for a co-op, have you worked in this area with co-ops before? Yeah. Have you worked with the board because it is a it is an art. And let me say this, you know, that I um, originally started on Long Island. So they didn't have many co-ops there. Right. And when I saw what you would have to go through in the city, it's not someone, something well, that somebody can a- learn easily.
1: And also, if you're a broker that hasn't worked the building before, I always tell a broker, listen, call the managing agent. Just have a nice conversation. Say, listen, I'm new to this building. I'm getting a listing. Give me a little help of what you're looking for. Oftentimes, they'll give you some guidance on the parameters financially that the board is looking for.
2: Yeah. Uh, so that's the answer. I mean, maybe you can just tough talk to them.
1: Yeah,
2: tough situation. Um, we're looking, and I just, we don't have time for this question. I'll do it after, and then we'll have Dan Sater. We'll do a few more questions, and then I think we're going to do some of our topics. I have some very interesting topics for you today. Uh, we'll be right back after 11 o'clock news. <laughs>